What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into the Hangout in the Holy Land, the flagship show for Land Grant and Holy Land's network of podcasts. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host. I missed you guys last week. We were on the bye week. There was no preview pod to do. We just talked a little bit about the bye week, did a little bit of a mailbag, but now we are back with an honest-to-God preview because Ohio State is playing Northwestern, not on a Saturday, but on a Friday night in Evanston. This one is going to be a lot of fun to talk about and preview. Before we do that, as always, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, follow along on Spotify, follow us on Twitter at Holy Land Pod. You can reach me at Dubsco, and we can hear from you there. But enough of that. Let's talk about some Ohio State football, and we got a guest on today's show. I am very happy to be joined by not only a contributor for InsideNU.com, our sister site for Northwestern over at SB Nation, but um, an actual, honest-to-God, real-life Medill student. Matt Brown and I joked about it all the time, but we finally got one here, and his name is Dan Olinger. Dan, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh I'm probably about as uh, inexperienced as a Dill student as you can get. It's my first quarter here, but I mean, I got in, so I guess that means something. What What's it like? How how uh, how intimidating is it? Because the lineage, as much as we like to joke about it here on the show, the lineage is pretty crazy. What is it like being a Medill student? Give us give us the rundown here. I mean, it's pretty intense. You do have to do a lot of work right away. Um, but like that's kind of why I signed up for here because. I mean, I love sports. I love writing about sports. So it's what I expected, and I'm just really excited to keep going forward with it. Is it true that you have to write a five-page essay, single-spaced, about Darren Rovell's accomplishments to get in to the Medill School of Journalism? <laughs> I mean, my, my, I mean, I don't think it is. but <laughs> can't, can't confirm or deny it's like a secret society? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, th- this game because Ohio State and Northwestern squaring up on Friday night. It's a little bit odd given that I think this is, is this the first Friday night game for Ohio State ever? I guess it, it feels that way. And the, the, a lot of talk has been about uh, the relationship between this game and high school football and people being in a tizzy about it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, to, you know, every once in a while to get the Friday night game in. What do you think about this game being played on, on Friday night? And does that do anything for Northwestern? What's the talk been about from their side about playing on a Friday night in Evanston? Well, all the students here at Northwestern are really excited for the game. Uh, I mean, just the idea of a Friday night game where the spotlight's kind of on us is kind of just so exciting for everyone. But there's a lot of like sports journalists in Medill, and we're pretty rational knowing that there's a good chance this won't be a competitive game. So it's kind of like going to it's like if you're going to the Coliseum to watch a gladiator, like, you know, it's going to get ugly, but it's an event you kind of want to go to still. So last time Ohio State saw Northwestern was last year in the Big Ten title game. And now Northwestern is one and four. What What's the story been like them been like for them this season? What what's what's gone wrong? What's led to them getting into this spot coming into this? Because this was a game that. Some people from the Ohio State side were talking about before the season is like, oh, that's that's one to watch out for. That could be a Purdue or Iowa type of game. Oh, so, yeah, I like for those who I'm sure your listeners don't know, but I actually grew up an Ohio State fan my whole life. So I was very well equipped with like the fact that Ohio State had this game circled on their schedule. But yeah, for Northwestern, like we were all really excited about Hunter Johnson, a five star QB transfer from Clemson. We figured 
that the defense would always be as good as it usually is and that at Clayton Thorson had like a down year in his senior year last year. So there's actually a lot of upside for this team. But I, I remember looking at their schedule to start and I knew it was going to be brutal for the first six weeks. But Hunter has just not been really what he was advertised. TJ Green, who was playing really well when we subbed Hunter out in the first game against Stanford, got injured and just the offense is beyond pitiful. Uh, and I think the SP plus rankings Northwestern is around 125th in offense, even though their defense is eighth, which shows you basically what it's been. I mean, their defense can keep them in some games. The most they've given up is 31 to Michigan State, but their offense is their offense's highest output was 30 against UNLV, but in every other game, 15 points or fewer. It's just like a lot of bad offensive play calling, not being able to get athletes in space, and just the. It's pretty much just the basic idea that if you can't score like at all, you're not going to win a lot of games. Just beyond the quarterback play, which you talked about with Hunter Johnson, who everybody had such high expectations for coming into the season. What's held this offense back? And is is there a point, not that people are, are talking about like, oh, get rid of Pat Fitzgerald or anything like that, but like how Michigan State fans are with their offense, like, please, God, can we just do literally anything else, something <laughs> else to make this offense work? Because like you said, the defense is fifth in SP Plus right now. Like they are a legitimately great defense and they just do not have any sort, the offense can't, carry any of the weight and it you look at it and it's like if this was even a top 60 offense what would Northwestern be well I feel like a lot of the problems with Northwestern's offense it's you said like our Northwestern fans like mad at Pat Fitzgerald they're maybe more mad at him in the way that he hasn't really addressed the situation with his offensive coordinator Mick McCall who has been under fire from Northwestern fans his play calling his play designs uh they, Northwestern must have ran the ball on second and lawn against Wisconsin like a hundred times. It just never worked no matter what they did. I mean, maybe there have some, the one possible like positives you could take away for, or I guess the possible positives you could take away from Northwestern's offense is that they have had their, even with Isaiah Bowser going down with injury and he hasn't been able to play in most games, a redshirt freshman running back, uh, Drake Anderson has actually stepped up decently well. He's averaging around 4.9 yards per carry. And they also, there's a chance they could get their best offensive lineman left tackle Rashawn Slater back for this game. But we're still not sure about that yet. But I, I don't even really know what they should do on offense in terms of like, if their quarterback can't really get the ball out that well, if their play callers insistent on trying to establish the run, even though they are not physically imposing, they really like, if you're going to beat a team like Ohio State or even compete against them, you can't just line up and do what you normally do because their their talent will overwhelm you. And unfortunately, like if Northwest, it seems like Northwestern just going to keep doing that where they'll just line line up and play the way they want to, and it could get ugly. Yeah, what what's the offensive strategy look like in this game? Do you think do they do something like? where you see a lot of trick plays, a lot of funky formations, they try to get super creative, or is it, hey, our, our, we trust that our defense can hold them down a little bit, let's try to hang on to the ball, let's try to milk the clock. What What is the game plan to success, whether it's how unlikely or not it is, what does that look like for Northwestern on Friday? Well, the thing I've been trying to recommend to a lot of people I've been talking with is that Northwestern should really focus on a lot of play-action passes, uh, 
as you probably know, tough Borland has had his uh, share of troubles, like with against speed or in coverage. No way, not um, tough Borland. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, so I I looked back at it, and the only team that had really any relative offensive success against Ohio State was Florida Atlantic, even if those were kind of like pity points because they still use their tight ends to get 12 receptions for 108 receiving yards. And so I've been thinking Northwestern should probably try and utilize utilize a lot of play action and like quick reads. So like whoever's back at quarterback eight and Smith or if Hunter Johnson's back, they don't have to really try and spend time trying to think before Chase Young crushes them. But the problem with that is like Northwestern doesn't even really use the traditional tight end. They've always had the super back position, which is kind of like a tight end who does some other stuff and some running. But they've really have like almost abandoned that position this year. Charlie Mangieri, their super back, only has three receptions on the s- season. I'm pretty sure if I asked my like like roommates and my stu- and like fellow students if they knew who he was, they wouldn't know. So, I mean, I think what would be better is to do things like trick plays, some reverses, some a lot of play action, just a lot of stuff to get the ball out quickly and maybe just try and confuse the defense, but. If you wanted to ask me what I think is going to happen, I think Pat Fitzgerald and Mick McCall are just going to line their guys straight up and they're going to get run over on Friday night. As lopsided as that matchup looks for the Ohio State defense against Northwestern's offense, you flip it around and Ohio State's offense versus Northwestern's defense is I think one of the more fun matchups of the whole weekend because this is another legitimately very good mm-hmm. Northwestern defense. They're in the top 10 in SP+. We know what they do at the linebacker position. We know how well-coached they are and how well-schemed they are with Fitzgerald and what he calls. Where have they excelled the most on defense so far this season? Well, I would say it's really in just stuffing the run. and like They d- don't allow a lot of big plays. They're their linebackers are second, third, and fourth on their teams in tackles, and those linebackers, uh, Patty Fisher, Chris Burgeon, and Blake Gallagher, they all do a great job. They're also they've kind of had a breakout season from their safety, Travis Willock. But uh, so they really do a great job of just like the typical defense cliches of wrapping up, being tough. Uh, Joe Gaziano is just awesome. I don't even know how else to describe it. That their big defense. Of tackle, or, or I guess he he lines up a tackle and end a lot, but he uh, he really does wreak havoc in the backfield. So I don't think that they're going to necessarily be like I don't think they'll be pushed back by Ohio State that much. I mean Ohio State's O line and their physicality they can push back a lot of field, but I think they'll do a G- decent job. Like the Northwestern defense of slowing down J.K. Dobbins, not letting Justin Fields get loose. It's like I like I think in my first article for Inside NU, it was a power rankings article. And I, when I was talking about Michigan State, I compared it to they're basically just the better version of North, Northwestern where when they're playing Ohio State, the defense could like control them early, but there is a chance that as like the offense stalls, Ohio State's offense could then break out on them, especially in the passing game. Yeah, do you think that there's any possibility that we see not a repeat of what Michigan State did in the first quarter where they just completely shut him down, but a stretch of game where Northwestern does have that defensive success because it does feel like they are built very similar to what Michigan State is. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see it being like only 7 nothing Ohio State after the first quarter. Like they have to grind out a driver. Honestly, more likely, like Chase Young almost kills Aiden Smith and then the Ohio State scoops and scores into the end zone. Because I do think Northwestern's defense will be really pumped up trying to turn their season around with all the students there. But that, and like, 
the second quarter, maybe like it could still just be only like a two touchdown lead going to half, but like I would be very surprised if Northwestern has more than 10 points, like honestly, at any point in this game. You mentioned guys like Gaziano and Patty Fisher. Are there any individual matchups where you could see Northwestern having success? It's hard to tell. I just, Ohio State has so much talent, especially in the offensive line. I think Ohio State's offensive line has been a lot better than even most anticipated. So, I mean, Gaziano could could do all right pushing back against some guys, but I, I just can't be sure of it. Uh, I do think Blake Gallagher will do a decent job of, like, or, I mean, Blake Gallagher and Patty Fisher will do a decent job of, like, those just uh, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins read options or run plays like that where they'll be able I think at least early on in the game, they won't get like just burned by either of them, like in terms of speed or, but they are suffering with some injuries at uh, Trey Williams and Brett Price Jackson are questionable at the moment. And the Ohio state receivers like Olave and AJ Hill could really get off against them. Yeah. What we saw in the big 10 title game last year to open up the run was really those deep throws from Dwayne Haskins to either Chris Olave or Terry McLaurin down the sideline and it wasn't like there was bad coverage I think Pat Fitzgerald referenced that either today or or yesterday that hey our our guys were right there they just Mm -hmm. made great plays on on great coverage how do they stack up against Ohio State's receivers in this game that Ohio State receiving court there's definitely way more speed with the Ohio State receivers just way, way more like base like overall talent than the Northwestern corners. I do think that the safeties, J.R. Pace and Travis Willett, do a great job of preventing like anything from getting too bad or from the top coming off a of defense. So I would say Ohio State's advantage actually is probably more in like um, intermediate throws where they basically can just get their guys running on a horizontal line to keep p- picking up first downs. Like I don't think Ohio State will have a trouble p- maybe picking up first downs against Northwestern's defense. I, I think they just won't. It won't be a game like where you'll see J.K. Dobbins bust off an 80-yard run or uh, like K.J. Hill just scoot by the safety and be able to take one deep, stuff like that. I feel like Ohio State's offense will definitely rely more on uh, just overwhelming Northwestern throughout the drive rather than trying to hit home runs against them. All right, we're going to keep talking about how Ohio State's offense matches up with this Northwestern defense here in a second and get to picks and predictions for this game. But before we do that, we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back here on the Hangout in the Holy Land. All right, we are back on the Hangout in the Holy Land talking Ohio State Northwestern with Inside NU's uh, one of their contributors, Daniel Olinger, freshman, Medill student over at Northwestern. <laughs> Got to give him props for that. Uh, we're, we were talking about how Ohio State's offense matches up with this defense. Where is the area where like, you're confident that they can give Ohio State the most trouble? Maybe it's not an area where they completely shut something down. Maybe it's just pressuring Justin Fields and making him speed up that decision-making like we saw early in the Michigan State game. What's one area where you think, hey, even if this isn't a game, Northwestern is going to excel at that? I think Northwestern, like you said, will definitely... They could definitely get some uh, pressure on Ohio State early, especially with like not even just Joe Gaziano, but the Miller, tw- the Miller brothers uh, on the D D line. They could like with some exotic blitzes maybe get home on a few times. It's like Northwestern can make Justin Fields hold the ball more, so you could see some of that. And like I've just been trying to say, uh, I do think that this would probably be like 
J.K. Dobbins is such an amazing running back. He could definitely like a uh, he he'll, he could still end up with a really good game, but I definitely think at least at first it's going to be hard for him on like those sweeps to the outside to really break loose because Western's D line and their linebackers do they get it, do a great job of getting a push like uphill right away to try and like force the running back off his preferred route. Is there any way that this game is close? Ohio State would. I mean, the only thing I could see is that if Ohio State's already looking ahead to Wisconsin and it's like just bored by this game, because I, I mean, I, I think I joked to a couple of my friends that uh, Northwest, we should storm the field if Northwestern covers. But because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've watched a ton of Ohio State football growing up my whole life. And like, if this was a game like two years ago with where it's GT Barrett quarterbacking the one team and. Clayton Thorson and a good Northwestern team on the other side. This would honestly be like one of those, it would be like the Purdue or Iowa games where you're like, okay, this is something where it could get bad for Ohio State. There's a lot of things that could go wrong here. It, it's going to be windy in Evanston and JT Barrett can't throw the ball more than 10 yards if it's windy. Um, but uh, no, I, I really don't see how this game can be close. This is this might be the worst Northwestern team of this decade, at least. They really need to turn things around. The only thing I would really think they need to do is like, they at least need to show that all these terrible problems they've had through the first five games, like that they're they they're finally starting to fix some of them. Because the ne- next week when we get Iowa for our homecoming, that's the game where you you might be able to upset them, and you kind of have to if you want to get anything out of the season. That was probably the worst question for me to ask, like three days after Georgia duffs one at home to South Carolina. <laughs> but anything is possible. Uh, what's your prediction for Friday night? I, I mean, I, a lot of times when you ask people like of the team they're covering what they're predicting, they're like, oh, you know, it's going to be a loss, but I think we'll keep it competitive. I like the guys on Northwestern. Uh, they all seem like great guys. I think think they will at least show some improvements. But if I was going to be honest, like, I don't know, maybe like 52-7 to 7 Ohio State, I really think it's going to get ugly. I, this... Watching Ohio State like all these years, like I've been frust like and a fan, I've been frustrated with Ohio State ever since the 2014 championship and the lack of play calling. It always feels like something's wrong with this team. I've watched all six Ohio State games this year. I don't think there's anything wrong with this team right now. This is the it's the a combination of the best Ohio State team I've seen in five years and the worst Northwestern team I've seen in five years. Well, I think everybody's going to be happy with that answer. I don't want to blow up your spot over at Inside NU, but just as <laughs> as an Ohio State fan and as a Northwestern student now, how, how are you feeling? Is there any internal conflict, or are you strictly business when it comes to this game? I mean, I feel like I can kind of just admit that, like, yeah, I, I still like Ohio State. I still, like, I'm still going to cheer for them not playing Northwestern, and I'll, def- I'll be happy for all the guys here at Northwestern if they somehow win this game, but also, like, you know, I might stick around afterwards to if the Ohio State players are giving around high fives. Might see, if, you know, <laughs> Justin Justin Fields wants to hit me up. You know, like, but no, I I mean, I even growing up as an Ohio State fan, I always like had respect for Northwestern. Never one of the teams I hated. Uh, so yeah, it's it's I, it's I just like sports in general, and I still love fo- following both Ohio State and now I love following Northwestern. So it's just a great thing. Well, there you have it. If you want to follow any of what's going on over at Northwestern, make sure to visit InsideNU.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at InsideNU. You can find all of Daniel's work there. And where can they follow you on Twitter, man? Uh, you can follow me at Dan underscore Olinger on Twitter. And I also have 
a website where I publish uh, articles about the NBA and sports in general where I like to write. It's actually called thephillybuckeye.com because I started it in 10th grade when still a huge Buckeye fan, of course. So. There you go. Well, check out Inside NU. Check out the thephillybuckeye.com for all of Daniel's work. And be sure to check out landgrantholyland.com for all of our stuff. Follow along at Holy Land Pod and subscribe to the show on Apple and Spotify. Daniel, thank you for joining the show, man, and talking Northwestern and Ohio State. I will join you guys again after the game, so you'll hear a new episode on Saturday. Be locked in for that. Also, be sure to tweet at the pod or at me, at Dubsco, as we recap it and we get all of your opinions. That's my favorite thing to do each week, so be sure to drop a line there, and we can talk about whatever happens on Friday night when Ohio State heads up to Evanston. But until then, want to thank you guys for listening to the show. want to thank Daniel for joining the show and dropping some knowledge. My name is Colton Denning. This is the Hangout in the Holy Land, and go Bucks.